Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, welcome back. It's overtime. Scott Jackson with you here on 106.7 The Fan. So the last hour we talked about the RFK site for the commanders. Martin Ostermule from NPR and the DCS breaking that down with us. Now... For the benefit of equal time, we bring in our buddy David Owens, formerly of WUSA, now a documentary <laughs> filmmaker. He is he is apparently the mayor of PG County now as well, uh, as he is tweeting me all the aspects. And I don't disagree with what you're selling to me, Dave. I just say you guys uh, are firmly in my number two position uh, right now, and uh, Virginia is number 10. Virginia's actually 10 in my spots of places to go. Uh, DC still one. So how you doing, man? How you been? What's going on, Scott, man? I, I'll tell you, it's funny when you say that. The, the, the mayor of, of Prince George's County, don't say that, man. You get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to get you in trouble. Yeah, no kidding. No, no, hello. I'm trying to watch Kurt. Yeah, pay attention to current events, Scott. Um, <laughs> all right. So what? Let first of all, tell people what you've been up to. Obviously, you're... You know, you were on WSA yeah. Nye a long time. I know you've been doing some documentary uh, filmmaking, among other things. So tell yeah. us what's, uh, what you're up to. Yeah, man, it, it's been a whirlwind once I left WUSA 9 and, and loved my time there. Uh, wish them all the best. Just been doing a lot of documentary work. I'm a storyteller at heart, man, so I've always loved to do that. But I run a business now called Visionary Media Productions, and, and we do a lot of marketing promotional work. Uh, for all kinds of clients, government clients, uh, universities, stuff like that. So nice. um, the money's good, the, 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 the life is good, and, 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 and loving it, man, loving it. So, awesome. yeah, man, that, that's, that's – uh, but I live in Prince George's County, Fort Washington. Right, I knew so, you did. Um, yeah, I knew you did. Yeah, so you're yeah, a Fort Washington yeah. guy. So you, Look, so you're not afraid of the stadium. You, you think it's not a bad idea, but you want it to be done correctly. Yeah, I want it to be done correctly. But here, here's the thing, Scott, and, and I, you know, you hear a lot of talk, and I hear about Virginia. I hear about going back to D.C. I'm not from D.C., so I understand, you know, Washington, formerly Redskins, now Commanders, and that tie to Washington. Listen, mad respect to that. What I would say though is, you know, they're sitting out there on FedEx Field in Landover with nothing but open space. Yeah. And and it and when I hear people talk about where they're going to put this stadium, it's almost as if they're like they're standing on on you know an ocean looking for water. Like where are we going to put this stadium? You you got it right here. You can build it there. There's nothing but 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 a parking lot around FedEx Field. Across the street, you've got the space for the old Landover Mall, where the old Landover Mall was. I think that's what it's called. Uh, you got the yeah. hot the new National Capital Hospital coming up. Um, that that's actually built there. I mean, there's a lot of building going on in that area. It's the perfect place, in my opinion, like to, to build it out and make it a destination site. And the question really though, Scott is, does Dan Snyder want to do that 
in Landover slash, I think it's Landover, Lanham, Upper Marlboro, yeah. whatever that area is called. Does he want to do that there? Um, and if he doesn't, then this whole thing's a moot point. But it, it, it would be, to me, it would be sad and shameful because you got nothing but open space there uh, in, in that in that area, and it's just been sitting there for twenty years. I'm like, my God, do something! So, yeah, I mean, that's a tough thing because that stadium is obviously, you know, outside a few concerts, you know, the friendly, the soccer games that roll in, right? That they're in the games, the football games. That's it. I mean, there's. It's not like, um, you know, what they're talking about the new place, if you make it, you know, a, the ability to have a retractable dome where you could yeah. do a lot of other things, you know, including, like I mentioned earlier, NCAA basketball, Final Fours. They're dying to be on the East Coast in a big city or around a big city, and it just they haven't had that ability to do it out, you know. Detroit isn't quite hitting the mark for them, and no, uh, they, they no, haven't had a no. northeast. You know, that's really not northeast anyway. So they would love something like that, and then of course you put yourself into play for a Super Bowl at that point, and you know there's a lot of other things. You know, college bowl games. You know, you know the list goes on and on. And regionals when, you're, when the years you don't have a final four, you can be a regional site because they want to play well, in these he, football stadiums now. Yeah, and and all those points make sense. You know, it's interesting. Interesting, you say Detroit. I'm from Detroit. I grew up right outside Detroit. And for years, the Lions played in Pontiac, and they played. It was about 40 minutes outside of Detroit. And, and honestly, the, the, the stadium was sort of similar. Everyone remembers the Pontiac Silverdome, the old Pontiac Silverdome, massive construction. It was on a big old parking lot, nothing else out there. And for years, Michiganders, Detroiters in particular, were like, let's get the, the Lions back to, to Detroit. And you kind of had similar, well, maybe – you know, and all this other stuff. And and all it really took was want to, really, yeah. between the, the Ford family and the city of Detroit. And I think, you know, really that same perspective is, is here. If you want to do it in Landover, do it. I mean, it, it, there's nothing to it but to do it. I'm not trying to sound cheeky or cliche-ish, but sure. you got the space. You can make that thing happen. And look no further than the Washington Nationals. I know stadium size is different, but mm-hmm. pre, you know, Washington Nationals coming back, nobody was talking about a destination site at the Navy Yard. D.C. government and the Nats right. came together. They made it happen, and now people go there. You could do the same thing in Landover because you have the space. D.C. is going to be tough because you don't really have the space, but, dude, the space is there in Landover. It, it's just, and it would be a shame. And I'll tell you, and people may not say this, you know, some parts of the fan base may look at this as, hmm, here's a Virginia guy who didn't really want to build anything up until he got back to Loudoun County. What's that going to, what's that going to say to a certain demographic of your fan base that right. you had it in Landover? You know, we're talking about the elephant in the room. I think the, 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 the African American demographic will say, Dude, you had it on this open space for 20 years, and you mean to tell me that you and Prince George's County government couldn't come together and make something happen with all that cement out there? Come on, dude. I mean, to me, it screams a little bit of, hmm, what's going on here? Yeah, look, I think that Virginia, 
the, whether they know it or not, much like it was for baseball, they're in this thing just to motivate the other two parties. <laughs> I mean, yeah. really, I mean, it's just yeah. going to be like the baseball thing. The Virginia baseball, they still have a bad taste in their mouth uh, as a whole. That went down. And look, where, where Capital One Arena is when it was prior, you know, and of course it was the MCI Center, Verizon Center. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody was like you were saying, you know, banging the door down to say, hey, let's go build in Chinatown, right? And they, right, they right. pull and put it there. And obviously the, the area around there has blown up and it's, it is a great part of the city. So, no, you're right. I mean, you can, if you build it and you build around it, which they haven't done with this stadium, they're not going to because it's always been like the thing that they, the part of the organization they bought that they didn't want, <laughs> you know, that they just have to yeah. deal with. Uh, and, and look, they could do, look, it would be, you know, I don't know how recently you've been at RFK. I've been down there a few times in the last uh, six months for some soccer things down there. And it's rough, man. I mean, it's sad seeing that stadium that once was, yeah. you know, the place to be, uh, you know, going through what it's going through and around there. There is space. They have put parks, you know, land there, as we were talking about earlier. They have these uh, extra soccer fields and, and a few parks. But there's still a lot a lot of room out there for more. And, you know, there's more hurdles, clearly. There's, there's way more hurdles sure. in D.C. There's sure. more, like you're saying, you've already got the land in Maryland. It, it, they got the home field advantage. It's certainly much easier there in PG County, for sure. I think times are changing too. I mean, I, I know you, you know, you got, you got other people you got to get on. I'll, I'll say this much. I mean, yeah. I just think times are changing from the perspective, Scott, that if you're a smart owner, and I'm not saying Dan Snyder's not a smart person. That guy's made a lot of money, so he's got he's guys smart. But I'm saying, I think the, the, the times are changing where you got to get people, give people reasons to come watch your games. And it's yeah. more than just, I'm going to come and tailgate and and then go home. You've got to make it some kind of, I think, a destination. I mean, people can sit in their homes and 55, 75, 85-inch TVs. They don't have to fight to go to the bathroom. I mean, make, you've got to make it so people want to come out and, and get involved with your culture and your community. The Nats have done a really good job of that where – People come, they have nice dinner, they walk around, there's the party zone, they watch a ball game, Navy Yard is cool, and then they can go home. Mm -hmm. FedEx Field, they sort of send you that signal that, yeah, dude, come to the game, and that's all, that's enough for you. No, that, that, this is the 21st century, man, it's got to be different. No, you're right, and um, it it, it is kind of like that, and that's the way it's, that's the way it usually is. I mean, it, you know, people come, they go, they're, they, you know, they're either that or they tailgate a little bit longer than they get out of there. Uh, and you, you got that, you got that right. I mean, I, I think that's definitely the case. And again, you know, Maryland's not going to cut off your fan base. They've been coming there uh, from both, from all sides. Virginia people are used to having to travel over to Maryland already, you know, and certainly had done it to DC before that. But the problem with the Virginia side is you're really cutting off a lot of people uh, you know, because just the, the logistical part of it's a disaster, uh, especially if you were to go down down 95, that, the discussion of the principal. Yeah, I don't like, yeah, that, that would that's be That's crazy. Yeah, yeah that, that, <laughs> that's, that's crazy, crazy. man. I, I, I scoff at, you know, listen, I'm, I, I used to live in Virginia, too, so I'm not, yeah. I'm not against D.C., Virginia, or Maryland. But for people who say, well, Landover's too far Dude, get over it. We have this big it's monstrosity really, no. called the Beltway. Yeah. Every place is far for somebody. It, it takes 38 yeah. minutes to get everywhere for everyone in D.C., so let's stop that. You can yeah. put it in – you can leave it in Landover. You can put it in D.C., but going way down 95 um, I don't think is an option. But but you got to make it a destination. And, hey, listen, man, 
like I say, I'm from Detroit. The Detroit Lions, who don't win anything, people go to that stadium, Scott, on, on, on Sundays because the downtown has been renovated. It's cool. So, <laughs> you know, you know, and the Lions ain't no dang on good. So, no, you know, not. but people like yeah. going to Ford Field. It's a cool place to go. Yeah, I went there for Final Four. Actually, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, it was a cool setup. It was just a little a little weird for basketball, as it always is now that they do this yeah. in stadiums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know that's not their fault. I mean, that's just the way the NCAA wants to do business now to get more people in there. Well, hey, Dave Owens, man, awesome talking to you. Thanks for uh, tweeting in uh, Visionary Thanks, Media Productions. You can find him there on the Twitter as well at Dave Owens Sports. Uh, hey, man, don't be a stranger. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Appreciate the time, man. Love you and Fred on the show, and uh, keep up your work, brother. <laughs> All right, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, old Freddie Smooth. Thanks. He's still licking his wounds. You know, he was Team Red Wolves, and well, it didn't work out so well for him. So hopefully, Fred's all right. Well, check to Fred Smooth at some point. Um, he did blow me off today when I texted him about something, but anyway. Won't hold it against him. That's how he does. Plus, he's got two phones. You know, like which one is which is always a difficult thing for him. Like burner phone. You know, I don't even know which one I have. I don't know if I have the burner phone number. He always gives me this other number to call him for other stuff. I don't know, and I have to have a code word to get in. It's really strange, but that's smooth. Uh, Mo says PG County's not going to do any type of economic development around the stadium. If they were to do that, they would have done it when the stadium went in. Wasn't RFK supposed to be torn down this year or next year? Yeah, they haven't yet. Nothing's happened there. Um, I've never been to one of those implosion things uh, in person, but I think I would go to that for RFK because I would probably cry like a little baby uh, when they do it. Because it, it, although it is sad to look at now, because it's just it's like it's not quite the Roman Coliseum <laughs> in terms of condition, but it is pretty rough looking on the outside. Uh, there's no question about that. It is pretty rough looking on the outside. Yeah, I thought I thought it was supposed to go. I'm with you, but for you know, like everything, everything's been put on pause now. Uh, yeah, well, I, well, I'll tell you why they wouldn't have developed around the stadium because they don't like the stadium. They weren't invested in being it long term, but that's part of the deal with the new stadium. So I don't. I think with the new stadium, that is, it's not just going to be a stadium, right? There's going to be more to it. And if you're one of the municipalities involved here, you're going to demand that from the football team that they do that. So I think, yes, they would, they would still do that. And, and again, it's the easiest path. You don't have to appease anybody. You don't have to kiss the rings. You don't have to deal with feds. You know, you don't have to deal with the Congress folks. Uh, you don't have to deal with some imaginary uh, Metro that d- doesn't have uh, trains near what would be your stadium site. You don't have to deal with any of that uh, with, with Landover because you already have all, a lot of the infrastructure in place. And again, you have the money for the land. You just got to build it, and hopefully they'll, you know, fix that moat uh, in the new one as well. All right, let's get to the other frustrating team right now in D.C. That would be the Wizards. What is next? There's actually trade rumors involving the Wizards already, and one of their big stars, or a guy supposed to be a star at least. We'll get to that straight ahead. It's overtime. Scott Jackson with the year on 106.7 The Fan and the Odyssey app. Hey, it is overtime. Scott Jackson with you here on 106.7 The Fan. Appreciate Dave Owens dropping in, talking about stadium with us after we had the conversation last hour about the RFK site. You can tweet me up, as always, at Jackson Sports. You can also um, get into the Wizards. Trade deadline is, of course, tomorrow in the NBA. And what will happen? Will anything happen? 
Um, you know, who knows? Uh, with the Wizards, doesn't seem doesn't seem like there's a lot of great options out there for the Wizards right now. Obviously, the Bradley Beal thing, the dream of that is over uh, with the injury. For, if you're one of the people that thought it was time to move on, I was definitely leaning that direction. I'm kind of blown away as to the um, kind of like the the feel that they have to do, like they like are obliged to do this. Again, he's not Kevin Durant. He's not a top you know 15 player anymore, and it was for one season. He had a big drop off. He's still young enough. Yeah, he can improve himself. But it's not like this has been a group that's gone a long way with, you know, Bradley as the guy, you know, as the man. It's not like he's a big draw to the gate. It's not like attendance is good. It's not like people are saying to you, hey, man, I got to I gotta get down to Cap 1 and see Beal. I mean, it's, it's not. I mean, it just doesn't happen. And, you know, that's – guy's great guy. He's improved as a player. It's cool that he was in your draft picks and you made – you know, and you got better. But the team's going nowhere. I mean, they're nowheresville right now. They're they're not even in the playoff race. I mean, if the goal is to always be in that 8, 9, 10 range, yeah, sure, go ahead, for the max. <laughs> but I thought, I thought incorrectly, potentially, that it was about bigger things, right? About winning championships and building a, you know, organization that was a, would be a destination location, which, you know, it hasn't been ever. It has never been that. They've had a few guys here and there, you know, some one-off situations. Yeah, Paul Pierce picked you for a season, then he left, he opted out. Um, you know, yeah, I guess, you know, Spencer Dimwitty, we thought that was the one you could put on the resume, but whew, now I'm seeing these stories. Chris Mannix is saying that maybe Spencer Dinwiddie to the Lakers uh, for a draft package that would also include um, Taylor Horton Tucker and Austin Reeves, really? I mean, yeesh. I mean, or not Austin Reeves, Ken, Kendrick Nunn, rather. I mean, whatever. I mean, either way, not exciting stuff, right? I don't know. You know, not exciting stuff at all. So Talon, Talon Horton Tucker from the Lakers. You know, nine points a game, not a bad player. Iowa State kid, second-round pick. You wouldn't have to worry about uh, taking on contract, I don't believe. I think he would be on this. Eh, I guess he is on his. No, he's on a different contract. You know, I'd have to look at that if that makes sense. I mean, they can't take contracts. So that makes you know, just you can't take contracts on if you're the Wizards. You just can't do it. It doesn't doesn't help you. You could take on draft picks. Sure, you could take on draft picks. You could take on other expiring deals. But to take on a contract, you better be sending me somebody that's really important. Yeah, he's got years left in his contract. I, I don't, I don't like that idea as well. You know, he's got one more year, then it's a player option at ten mil. No thanks. That doesn't make any sense. You'd have to, and again, there'd be Laker draft picks. So usually they're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to at least get themselves in the playoffs year in and out. But, you know, the the spin at it today with the Wizards is they're hoping they can still make a playoff push without Brad for the rest of the season. So I will be fascinated to see if they actually try to be buyers, which would just seem contrary to what they should be tomorrow. They should be sellers. Absolutely should be sellers. Just trying to get some draft capital if you can. I just don't know if they have a trade that's going to get them a first back. I don't know. Maybe they could spin Dinwiddie into a first, but they're probably going to have to take on a contract. I don't know if I like that idea. 
You better get that one right if that's what you're doing. All right, coming up, the frustration level of the Wizards was, uh, you know, was uh, off the charts the other day. The frustration level with the Commanders, week one, I mean, the Commanders is off the charts. Which one frustrates you more at this point? 800-636-1067, 800-636-1067. With Ben standing way in on that at 9 o'clock when he joins us. Uh, frustration level, Wizards, Commanders. Who, who's Who's got your attention there right now? We'll get to that straight ahead. It's overtime. Scott Jackson with you here on 106.7 The Fan of the Odyssey app. So, a lot of frustration and anger yesterday at the Bradley Beal news. And again, I, I'm a little surprised how many people were falling for the, uh, that they like thought that they were actually going to move him. They weren't going to move him. I mean, there's, there's not a desire to move him. I think ownership has made that perfectly clear. They're not moving him. They want to extend him for the max. And we can all debate whether that's a good idea. I just told you I don't think it's a good idea. And I like Bradley Beal. I just don't think it's a good idea. Building around him. How are you going to do that? What what assets do you have? What ammunition do you have? I mean, Tommy Shepard will be Houdini if he comes away with something meaningful before the deadline, in my opinion. Maybe he does. Hopefully he does. However, been very frustrating. 10-3 start. Maybe it's fool's gold for sure. You know, got a lot of guys. There's been hints of some selfishness. I think there's some dissatisfaction among some player conflicts, these kind of things that chemistry issues that disrupt teams, selfishness, all that, all that fun stuff that's been going on. That's got them in a bad space. No doubt, no doubt about it right now. So that's been, it's been ugly. They're not even in the playoff race right now. And then again, talk about, Hey, you know, if we get in, you know, wouldn't it be great. I mean, outside of the checks that you would receive as the team, you know, that gets into the playoffs and you're a little cut. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's really going to fire up the fan base. I mean, I think that this was the year it was supposed to be for more. It was supposed to be about more, and it, it hasn't been. That's It's been highly highly frustrating. Highly frustrating to see. And again, I think the fool's gold start is also part of the problem here. Um, you know, I, I don't know all the reasonings behind some of the rotations. At times, it just seems like they're playing too many guys, right? I mean, it's like can't play that many players in the NBA game. You know, you got you to gotta cut your rotations down. You can't play 12 players. You can't play 11 players. Unless you're blowing somebody out or somebody got hurt. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, two expiring contracts. I don't know if I'd move them. I mean, you, you'd, have to, you'd have to give me something really worthwhile to move two expiring contracts because you could probably use that money in the offseason. So what are you going to get out of it? You know, this idea, oh, just these expiring deals. I mean, teams don't really go a gaga for them anymore. Like, you know, didn't go that crazy for them. I mean, it might be the best thing. If you really care about the team big picture and you're like, and they're never going to tank, never, ever remember that. It's never going to happen. Maybe you just let nature take its course, right? If you don't see or hear any viable deals that are going to help you long-term and the short-term, don't do it. Just stay pat. Maybe this team plays better without the without Beal. I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie's been better with when he's been, not been on the floor with him. That's for sure. Now he hasn't been great overall. For, he's struggled, been a disappointment. But maybe it'd be better for him 
just to be his own guy and him kind of, again, get the ball in his hands more. Maybe that maybe that functions better for this short spurt of what's left of the season. How about the stories about Russell Westbrook potentially being on the market? <laughs> Crazy is that? Who, who would have seen that being a bad deal for the Lakers and not being a fit? Would have been interesting if they kept Russ here. Certainly wouldn't have had uh, the overall team depth. They made a run together. Uh, look, that was going to Nowheresville too. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not here to tell you what it was something. But I do wonder if financially, in terms of the gate, if they would have done better. Because these Russell Westbrook fans, man, they're serious and they're everywhere, and they will defend him to the death. You know, no matter how many bad shots he puts up, they don't care. And I don't. I always liked the way the guy played, his effort level and all that, but it always infuriated me as the years went on. Like, how didn't you become a better jump shooter? Like, what, what is going on there? I mean, there were guys that were had no game in terms of jump shooting that came into the league and, you know, eventually became really good jump shooters. I mean, you can develop that by working on it, but for whatever reason, him, maybe he lifts weights too much. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just bizarre that he hasn't got with somebody in one of these off seasons that can teach him how to shoot better. It's really strange. Maybe it's part of that, hey, his motor's always running. He's so tired, he, you know, he can't uh, breathe through his eyelids when he shoots. I don't know what it is. It's just bizarre to me. I would have, you know, early in his career, you could excuse it and you could write it off and say, yeah, he'll get there. I mean, Jason Kidd was a horrendous shooter and then obviously became, you know, the three-point king. Magic Johnson was not a good shooter. Became a great three-point shooter. Now, Sam Perkins... Couldn't get off the ground at the end of his career, but he could sit in the corner and bury a three. I mean, there's always these guys that you remember in time watching basketball that were not, you know, develop into really good shooters. Here's Russell Westbrook, who clearly, you know, it's not cheating you. I mean, he's definitely working hard. Maybe he's not working smart. I don't know. It's just bizarre how that has happened throughout his career. Never developed that part of his game. And just seems incapable of it. And now the guy is such a liability, they're treating him like Ben Simmons late in games, right? They're, he's on the bench. I mean, he's getting the Ben Simmons treatment now. And Frank Vogel's doing it because he wants to win games. Maybe, Or maybe he's trying to get fired. I don't know. One or the other. And there's the idea of moving him. It's just the question, like, who would take him at this point? I mean, who would take him and what would you get back for him? Would the Rockets be crazy enough to take him back? For John Wall, <laughs> would the Lakers do that? The Twitter people would. I know that. I've seen that a lot today. I mean, I'm assuming John Wall can still run and play and everything. I'm assuming he's. I mean, we just haven't seen him forever. This whole thing they've done to the Rockets. This is, you know, this is one of the frustrating things about the NBA is these things that happen and you get put guys on ice and they just basically are, you know, for financial reasons you can't play them because of the injury risk. It's. It's absolutely bonkers. But, you know, going back to the Wizards, at this point, it doesn't look like there's something magical out there that's going to make them better. And there also doesn't look like there is, you know, a play here to get beyond just that 10 spot. You know, even if they could do that, I don't know if you really go too hard tomorrow. If you're Tommy Shepard, maybe you just say, you know what? Yeah, nothing good here. Sorry, sorry, boss. We didn't we didn't get anything. We're just gonna play it out. You know, hope these guys can get better as the year goes on. 
and maybe in the back of your mind going, hopefully not. And then you just move down the draft board, move down the lottery world. Cause that might, that, that might be your only, your only shot. Just picking where they've been picking the last few years is not, it's not been good. It's not getting them anywhere. Need to get lucky. Need to get in the lottery. Need to get somebody who's going to be a franchise changer. Yeah. And I guess in this case, in the way they're doing things, you have to get that player to then come in and fit in with Brad. And, you know, you got to continue to say, Brad's the guy, Brad's the guy, even if this young buck may be better eventually. But you got to keep that going because that's important to them. Okay. And we've, and I've discussed this over and over. I understand the mindset behind that because, hey, this is what worked for the Caps, I think, is a little bit of it. I also think a little bit of it is when you look at the Bullet slash Wizards franchise history, there's just, you know, look, there's guys that were in and out of this place. You know, hell, your own broadcast team, you got role players and 10 day contract guys, you know, rolling through there. You know, you don't, I mean, the guys that were really entrenched in the franchise, which you let one of them go or excuse me, retired. And the other one was the late Wes Unsold who didn't do media. But I mean, that's just kind of where it's been with the, with the franchise. It's always been weird. It's not like the Redskins were old Redskins players lived in the area forever and still do. It's just never liked ever the bullets. I mean, there's capitals do capitals have a lot of guys that stick around, but the bullets has never had anybody long enough for the wizard. Same deal. You know where it happens that way. And you got finally have somebody on the hook that really wants to stay here. Well, hell, why not? He's got 244 million reasons to stay here. <laughs> but at some point, it's got to be like the mindset's got to flip to best interest of the Wizards. Yeah. For like winning and for like winning big, not just like, you know, getting into this debacle of a play in situation now. And this is the saddest part. It's not even like the eighth seed anymore. You're talking about 10 teams, you know, in this little play in tournament. I mean, it's never been easier. It has never been easier to get in the postseason. And you're not in it right now. Eesh, after a 10-3 and three start. <laughs> Which is just mind-blowing. But, you know, kids used to call it so wizards back in the day. They did. All right. The Manning cast is back on the hook with ESPN. We see, by the way, at the corner of my eye, I'm watching what is a heavyweight fight in the Atlantic 10 between George Mason and Richmond over at uh, Eagle Bank Arena tonight. Mason now back on top, 67-66. These two teams played each other two days ago in Richmond, too. Part of a COVID rescheduled deal, but it's been a really good game uh, between these two teams. tonight. I'll keep you posted. Hopefully the, hopefully the home Patriots can pull it out. The boys from Fairfax. But the Manning cast back for another season. Get you the details on that and I have an unpopular opinion about the Manning cast that uh, will probably get me booed all around town. Get me up via the Twitter, Jackson Sports. It is uh, overtime. Scott Jackson with the year on 106.7, the fan of the Odyssey app. All right, overtime here on 106.7, the fan. Scott Jackson with you. We're here till 10 tonight. So today it was announced during Super Bowl week that uh, ESPN 2's Monday night show, The Manning Cast, has been re-upped. CEO uh, Bob Chappick said during the company's first quarter uh, calling uh, Wednesday that ESPN has extended the contract to Peyton Manning and his Omaha Productions. That means ESPN 2's Manning Cast with Peyton and Eli will continue through 2024. 
The new pact also calls for alternative presentations with other hosts. So, look, I, I always here's my always was my suspicion about this. Why, you know, people are glad they get to do this every week. You know, I'm like Eli and Peyton Manning don't need to do this every week. Peyton Manning in particular doesn't need to do this every week, and God knows we don't need to see Eli every damn week. So I was always suspicious that, yeah, I'm sure ESPN would like more because this seems to work, but there's no way you're going to lock Peyton in for eight. I mean, if so, he'd just be the Monday night analyst. Like, if you wanted to lock him in for one of those weeks, he would just take that job, which he could have had immediately after retirement. But he hasn't taken that. He hasn't wanted to become an analyst. He kind of always was a little snarky about analysts anyway. So instead, they have this thing where they can use other hosts, right? Besides, you know, these guys. So um, they wanted to make sure that, you know, Amazon or somebody didn't go grab Eli or, or Peyton, not Eli, no, Peyton. You know, that was certainly was some discussion about that. And by the way, for those, for those of you that are parents that like to watch Monday night or Thursday night football, yeah, in, in gr- good luck having the conversation with them that they have to watch it on Amazon, okay, next year. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that one. Where's the game? What channel is it on? It's not. It's on your computer, Dad. It's on your your iPad. Uh, sorry, Amazon. What? Yeah, that's gonna be a lot of fun. Nothing like the NFL. Trying to take away, trying to make it harder on the old folks. So remember baseball did the Facebook watch thing uh, for some games. That was that went over like a lead balloon. Yeah, I kind of feel like the NFL is about to to do something like that. Anyway, back to the Mannings. So they're excited to have him back, as you would suspect. They did very well for him. And I mean, you got to feel like if you're like Steve Levy or one of these dudes on the Monday Night Football broadcast, you know, Greasy, son, um, and assuming Lewis Reddick's still on it. I mean, he knows he just interviewed for Steelers' front office position. I mean, it is kind of sucky because, like, there's way more buzz to whatever happens to the Manning cast because, hey, man, it wasn't great. Marshawn Lynch dropped an F-bomb or, you know. Peyton said the S word or, you know, did you see what the rock did? You know, all these things that happen that aren't the regular broadcasts, but it's just this kind of goofy, um, Manning thing, Manning world thing. And, and Eli is just so weird that it works for him. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I, I, sometimes I'm wondering if he's putting us all on with that grin that's kind of stuck on him. I wonder if his concussion issues, I, I don't know, but it works for the guy. So more power to him. Well, Peyton's definitely the quarterback of that show, but Peyton's also definitely not doing that for 18 games. <laughs> you know, Peyton will do the big games. You're not going to catch Peyton doing Jacksonville and, you know, the uh, Texans or somebody. You know what I mean? It's just not going to happen. Hopefully that's not a Monday night game either, but you get my point. He's just not going to do it. So they are back. I think it's okay. I think it's a little bit overcooked in terms of the hype of it. Watched it a few times. Um... It's just, and sometimes the shots are weird when you're trying to watch the game and you actually care about the game. But yeah, there is some some stuff that is entertaining. I mean, I was watching it during the playoffs when Peyton had the technical problem and he didn't realize he had the hot mic thing when he said he couldn't hear you know what. So that was that was funny, you know. It's not something you hear every night on Monday Night Football. But also that game was out of hand. So it was worth watching at that point. And, you know, he's not trying to predict plays. He knows the offenses. He, he gives you all that stuff. I mean, look, if he wanted to go be in the booth tomorrow, he'd be the number one guy. You could, we could kill off some of these Cowboy quarterbacks, which would be great uh, if, he would, if he wanted to do it. But he's got so much money. Why would you want to put yourself through all that? Although I would imagine he probably still watches a ton of football. 
you know, but he wouldn't, I don't think he'd be the kind of guy that would like scream out like in the middle of the play over his play by play guy, like Romo, uh, you know, or say this game might not be over, Jim, this game might not be over when the game was in fact over, uh, as he did in the overtime chiefs win over the bills, which was so wholly awkward. I, I just don't, I don't see Peyton being that guy. I don't see it. I just, he would just be, he's too cool for that. Tom Brady being in the booth is an interesting one. I don't know. I don't know if he'd be any good at it or not. I mean, he's, I've listened to the Let's Go podcast. Uh, I like the content there. I've seen him on the, you know, Time vs. Tom thing. Was He's good. He, when he, like, lets his guard down, he's, he's a lot of fun. Now, would he still be that kind of guy in a booth where everybody's watching every week in a big game? I don't know. But if he wanted to be the cooler, the more fun laid-back Tom Brady, the guy in Tampa, not the guy in New England... I think it could work for him. And certainly, the networks would be killing each other for him. Just don't know if uh, year one from retirement, after you tell everybody how you, you're ready to spend more time with the family, that's a move you make. But maybe it is. You know, maybe it's like, family. look, hey, you just be out here a couple days a week. That's fine. You know, that's fine. We'll just do that. I don't know. But I would, I would think if Tom Brady wants to get in this thing, Oof. If you wanted to do the Monday night, hell, if you want to do Sunday night, I, I, they'd probably move out about anybody for him. <laughs> Everybody's disposable for the Lord of the Rings if he wants to get in this thing. All right. By the way, George Mason, Richmond, 70-70 with 42.5 to go. Been a great game in the A-10. Second time the two teams have played in the last three nights. Of course, the last game was a last-second Shot or with 0.7 left, I believe. Jacob Gilliard, Gilliard just drove to the hole, and now Richmond's up by two with 38.3 left. So we could still have like five more possessions for each one of these teams for it's over with. I think the teams have shot for a combined like 55 three pointers right now. I'm not exaggerating. I, I, the last check at the stats, it was that many. And this is the box score game for CBS. Like this is like they're acting like this is some revolutionary thing. And it's not, it's not goofy, it's not overly statty. But what they do is now I don't have the audio up. What they do is they show you the court and like the hot zones for guys and like where where the shooting stuff like during the breaks, not in live action, which is fine. I'm okay with that. I just, you know, I think some of this stuff is overthought. But these, these networks, they got toys they want to use. It's like the weather departments, you know, with their super Dopplers and their other little machinery. They want to show you all the technology they have. So I understand it. I just think it, at times it gets a little like it's overdone. Like nobody cares. You know, I mean, really, we used to watch games all the time. We didn't have all these extra stats and everybody was okay with it. And, and the sport was never more popular college basketball back in those days. than it is now where it's, you know, kind of a regionalized thing and it's a school by school and the ratings are not very good overall. But, you know, back in the days when it was, we didn't have all these extra stats. Nobody had to tell me the probability or, you know, who had the win rate and all this the crap that nobody cares about, you know, except for the people that developed it. So... And we all lived. Somehow we all lived with it. All right. Ben Standing, the Athletic DC, be with us coming up in the final hour. Overtime, the over overtime edition tonight till 10 o'clock here on 106.7 The Fan of the Odyssey app.